0: Hey everyone, David here, and before we dive into the Fratties, a few quick notes. This was originally recorded as a Facebook Live video, and if you want to see that, if you want to watch me and Eli talking uh, in my dining room, you can find that on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash this? and we'll also include a link to that video in the episode description. Uh, also, the audio for this episode might sound a little bit different. We used a different mic setup to record this. Uh, it shouldn't be too much of a distraction, but I just wanted to make note of it at the beginning. And after the episode, we'll have a few more footnotes. Uh, That being said, I hope you guys enjoy the Freighties. Welcome, everyone, to the You Scared of This Season 3 wrap-up, the Freighties. This is a live cast of the weekly podcast where we watch every episode of Nickelodeon's hit horror anthology series for kids, Are You Afraid of the Dark?, and then try to determine whether or not it's still scary. This week, we won't really be determining if a single episode of the show is scary, so much as we'll be talking about all of the episodes of Season 3. That's right. It's award season, and that means only one thing. The third annual edition of The Freedies! There's our our announcer voice coming in. (laughs) Hi, everyone. I'm David Dykus, and we're coming to you live from my apartment. In Music City, in uh, we've I've made the joke several times that we're live in Music City. Yeah. We're actually doing it this time. Yeah, yeah. What here's what's ironic is you live in Music City, and you always like to point that out on the show when we're doing the podcast. I live in the live music capital of the world, and the one time we're live, we're, we're here. In, we're in Music City instead of <laughs> yeah, instead of the live music capital of the world. Um, Yeah, so this is the Frady's. We are going to talk about uh, season three. We're going to talk about the uh, best monster. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out there. All right. Now, before we get down to brass tacks, okay. Eli, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, back home, quote unquote. Uh, I never technically lived in Nashville or Tennessee, but I'm back home uh, getting to see my friends. Shout out to Chris, who is getting married in two days. Yes. Yeah. What, he's the reason, he's what has brought you here. Chris Phillips what is, is what? the reason for the season. <laughs> to Chris. So here's to Chris. I'm yeah. holding a bottle of water. <laughs> he was drinking an entire bottle of wine and something else. <laughs> Cider. Uh This is vodka. Yeah, I'm drinking, uh, as I said in, in the test video we did, I'm drinking uh, Deep Eddy Ruby Red Vodka from Austin, Texas. Uh, I, when I finish with that, I might start on this uh, Deep Eddy Lemon Flavored Vodka. And I'm also drinking the spooiest cider that I could find, which is Strawman Hard uh, Cider by Angry Orchard. It's got like the scarecrow on it, so I'm drinking that. It has a scarecrow on it. I don't think that's the scarecrow. <laughs> Copyright DC Comics. Oh yeah, and Coke has a Santa on it. <laughs> He's not even a Batman. There's anymore. just one. There's just one scarecrow. Um, yeah. So we are here for Chris's wedding. Uh, hashtag marriage, as Chris said. Uh, and he, Chris is rooting for you, Cheyenne. He's he's distracting me with all of his uh, yeah. with all of his comments to you. Uh, but yeah, so I'm doing pretty good. Happy to be home. Happy to get to see everyone. Happy to be doing the Fridays. Yes, it's been a long. It's, I was gonna say it's been a long road. This this season has actually gone a lot more smoothly, I think, than either of the first two seasons did for us. That's true. We had a lot more breaks in the first two seasons, so they went a lot longer. It made a lot more sense to have the Freidies in between then because it was such a monumentous effort just to get to the end of a season. Yeah, this season was was kind of a breeze to get through, but we'll 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 get to that in due time. Was our interview with Jose right before this season started, or was it? Had we already started season three? I want to say we'd already started it. I could be someone on the on the live stream watching us on Facebook. uh, Feel free to correct us. Yeah. Uh, So we've had a lot of of good things happening uh, in the in the recent past on the show. And now we're gonna celebrate what? Spoiler alert! What I think is uh, the best season that we've had so far with Are You Afraid of the Dark? I mean, only three seasons, but yeah, I would I would tend to agree. Yeah. Do we do we have any nude business that we need to take care of? Yeah, we beforehand? do. Okay. All right. So I don't have my notes on this, but uh, we actually tried to record this episode earlier this week. You're getting this live feed because I had the crazy idea that we should do it, and we failed our recording. Um, our, our greatest <laughs> enemy. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so we recorded this episode on Tuesday. With yay, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, Wednesday,
0: yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday. Yes, I'll fight you on it. All right, yeah, we yeah, recorded Tuesday. this episode on Tuesday, and halfway through the recording died, and we. I said, "Well, I can't do it on Wednesday. I'm super busy. I'm gonna be tra- I'm gonna be doing a travel Thursday. I'm traveling. Let's shoot a live show Thursday night." So I don't have my notes with me on our nude business, but the nude business that I had on Tuesday, and this this news is from Tuesday is that Nickelodeon is actually in trouble with the, like, EPA in the Philippines for the underwater amusement park that they are trying to build. They've, they've all. what am I trying to say here? Nickelodeon has already made plans to build so many amusement parks on land that they had to go to the sea. <laughs> there was nowhere left for them to conquer. And the last time we talked about a theme park, it wasn't even Nickelodeon, it was Nintendo. Is, is, is Nickelodeon even in Japan right now? I don't know. I'm going to have to find more out. Call Call in in. and tell us. Yeah, yeah. someone posted in the notes uh, whether or not you've been to a Universal Studios in Kyoto, I think is where we said it was. Kyoto, Japan, and whether or not they had a Nickelodeon presence there. I'm I'm keenly interested in Nickelodeon's theme parks. Anyway, so they're trying to build a theme park in, I believe, the Philippines. I believe in the water. (laughs) In 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 the sea. Yep, yeah. And they were promoting it as their underwater theme park, which is insane yes. and awesome. And they got in trouble with environmental agencies who were like, you can't fucking build a theme park uh, under the water. And so then they backpedaled and said, well, it's it's really more of like a floating attraction area, so... Now, is it floating, or are they going to build, like, a big bubble under the ocean? Is this going to be Sea Lab? Yeah, I don't I don't think we're getting a... Tell me it's going to be Sea Lab. <laughs> I, I, I will eagerly greet that day with open arms, but I don't think we're there yet. They're not building a Sea Lab-style, like, bubble dome uh, under the sea. They are building a, like... It sounds like a floating structure, like a mega structure, that they're going to put this uh, this amusement park on, and maybe parts of it will go underwater. But when they first started advertising it... They were saying that it was an underwater theme park, so we will see if that ever comes to fruition. It's with uh, Coral coral something amusement parks. How do they have this much money? is well, not Nickelodeon struggling just a few years ago? Yeah. Like now they're building, like, this unprecedented theme park. I think what's happening is that Nickelodeon wised up, and they're partnering with a bunch of people. There are, like, all these, like... Uh, investment groups who want to, like, build these theme parks or these places that are tourist destinations, and they don't have attractions. They don't have intellectual properties. And so Nickelodeon is basically, like, licensing themselves out to other people to make theme parks uh, with their properties, which is, I guess, like, the route that Marvel took early on with their movies was just, like, fucking, like, sure, take the X-Men. Take Spider-Man. Like, whatever. We just need cash. And so Nickelodeon... It works for them, I guess. Yeah, maybe Nickelodeon will be the marvel of theme parks. Who knows? All right, well, that's another destination to potentially add to our world tour of Nickelodeon-slash-Nintendo parks. Yeah, we're going to New Jersey, the Dominican Republic, somewhere in the Middle East, I think? Yeah. Yeah. I know we talked about that. Uh, That was the most recent one before this, which is uh, in the ocean in the Philippines. So we will all see you... Oh, and, well, the cruise is the one that goes to the Dominican, right? And that's what will take us there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, so that's our new business. Uh, New business out of the way. Let's get down to brass tacks. All right. Talk about season three. Let's talk about the Freighties. Here we go. Okay, so in the Freighties we talk about the uh, best monster. Yes. We talk about the worst monster. Mm-hmm. We always cover the best episode and the worst episode, and our personal favorite episode. Personal favorite episodes. We're adding a category this year. Yes. What? Well, <laughs> this year. <laughs> we have the third annual edition of the Fradies. We've done all of the Freighties within a one year period. Oh. Yeah. All right, so uh, we are adding one new category, like you said. You can go ahead and introduce that. Uh, this year we're, we're going to be discussing the MVP of the Midnight Society, who was our most valuable Midnight Society member in terms of uh, the stories that they told, uh, the role they played in the Midnight Society segments, the bookend, the details, uh, and just our personal opinions on them. And we should say that, and I know this from the last episode, we don't necessarily always agree on... On these decisions that we make. So this is your best episode and worst episode, my best episode and worst episode. It's not necessarily uh, a united front that we have on, on these things. No, that's that's what makes it so juicy. Is that we well, are probably going to differ on some of these things. Yeah. So uh, let's hop into the first one of those. You want to start with uh, best monster let's, of season three? Let's talk about monsters. This was an interesting season for monsters. Uh, I was looking at the Wikipedia page for season three uh, before we were recording. And on the Wikipedia page, on the episode listing, it lists the monster for each, each episode. Yeah. And does it say monster or does it say antagonist? I think it says antagonist. It's not strictly yeah. monsters, but there were, I think there were fewer monsters this season than there were for any of the previous seasons. Either of the pre- previous seasons, even. Like, there were at least, there were almost half a dozen episodes this season that just didn't have a monster... Let's talk about those. There was uh, the Tale of the Dollhouse. Of the Dollmaker. The Dollmaker, doll excuse me. Yeah. There was bar- the Tale of Apartment 214, yeah, which had which a ghost. ghost, had a ghost. It had ghost. I'm, I'm keeping my definition of monster narrowing up to exclude. When you watch the movie Ghost, you don't think of Patrick Swayze as a monster. I mean... <laughs> when, when you watch the movie Ghost Dad, you don't think of Bill Cosby as a monster. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I would say that the ghost in Apartment 214 is not a monster. So we have the doll maker, we have 214. We have the tale of the phone police. The phone police. You had the no tale monster. of, the tale of the guardian, not the Guardians Curse, the tale of the cardstone, stone, which had <laughs> Brother Septimus, who was a batshit insane wizard. I'm it- not counting him as a monster. <laughs> no matter how long <laughs> his weird one fingernail is. Yeah, yeah. Man, listen, if any of you decide from this that you're going to go back and watch an episode of *Are You Cradle of the Dark... Uh, Yeah, we're going to talk about what the best and worst episodes are, but you need to see Brother Septimus's finger from the tail of the carved stone. That was such a weird moment. I loved his character, but yeah, we're not counting him. And then you get... There are a couple couple of episodes in sort of a gray area. The tail of the... I guess technically the tail of the curious camera had a monster. It had the griblin in the camera. But it wasn't... It didn't have, like, a physical presence in the episode. Yeah. And then I was... The tale of uh, the tale of the dangerous soup almost almost doesn't have a monster, if not for the one really bad special effect yeah. where you see the Gargoyle fly out the door. Yeah, he's 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 almost a non-entity uh, in a lot of those scenes. So there were a lot of there were a lot of episodes that didn't have monsters. Oh, at all. the tale of the, the dream girl, dream girl, definitely definitely didn't even have an antagonist. No, no antagonist. Uh, yeah, so there were a lot of episodes in Season 3 that did, just didn't have monsters. There, excuse me. Strawman. Yeah. Live video, what are you got to do? Uh, there were a lot of episodes that didn't have monsters, didn't have antagonists, um, but I will say this, the ones that did have monsters, I enjoyed. I did too. Uh, there were a lot of strong, strong candidates this year, but I think there's one obvious choice. For Best Monster of Season 3. Yeah, if you've listened to our show, and maybe you haven't, and that's okay, we do recommend it, um, you will know that Season 3 had one monster that we raved about and talked about so much during the episode. We just sang the praises of If your favorite... If you... are <laughs> If you come to us and say your favorite monster was anyone other than the Crimson Clown, mm-hmm. you're a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, So the Crimson Clown was one of the last episodes, season 12 of 13, was it? Uh, 11, 12, 15? It was the next to next to last, because we had that one, and then I think we had Quicksilver and then. Right. Yeah, so episode 11 of 13, I believe, at the very end of the season, they come in with the best monster. Uh, The Crimson Clown was insane. One of the best monsters of the entire series. Truly. And And I know we've had the... What sets the Crimson Clown apart? And Eli and, I, Eli and I had this conversation the other day. It's not just that he's a scary clown. We've seen scary clowns. It's yeah. not just that he's an evil toy, because we've had evil toys before. Mm-hmm. It's He's all of that and more. He's, I think he has the most lines of any monster we've seen. He's he so has, present. He has a voice. Yeah. And it's, I think I used the word blood-curdling... <laughs> Yeah, We talked about the episode. You did a really good impression of him. When I go back and listen to our show, and you and you quoted his like, "You're a bad You're kid, a bad kid." Yeah, no one wants to help a bad kid. Like, there's a it's a it's a scary gravelly voice, but his intonation and his inflection, the way he enjoys torturing a child. Yeah, it's it's very much along the lines of like Pennywise the clown. Yes. And that was something that we talked about when we tried to record the episode previously, is not only is there, like, the physical threat of the Crimson Clown, but there's the emotional abuse that that character brought, which was sort of unparalleled in every other episode of the show. Yeah, we've never seen a monster or an antagonist, like, belittle uh, a a child like that, like you said. Yeah. And it's such a... a, a, You get such a visceral feeling hearing him talk down this this shitty kid. Yeah. It's scary, it's also satisfying, because you've been conditioned to hate the kid so much. Oh, he was was just a shit. But yeah, the Crimson Clown, a perfect combination of of the visual, the the character, the voice. Uh, Yeah, it all comes together. He's the best. Yeah, so best monster, uh, we are in total agreement on this. It is 100% the Crimson Clown. But the other side of that coin... (laughs) Yeah. We have to... Now that we've determined the best monster, we have to determine... The worst monster, and that I think is a bit—that is a tougher call. Yeah, because a lot of the antagonists that we said weren't good, uh, or a lot of the antagonists that we said were in the show, like the ones that weren't good, a lot of it's because they weren't really monsters, right? Like we talked about the old woman in Apartment Two Fourteen. Yeah. If 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 we broaden our definition of monster to say ghost, she's unquestionably the worst monster, right? Oh yeah. Okay. I, if we, you know, the phone police. Not good antagonists. If we just... If I like the phone police. I know, you love the phone police. I didn't love the phone police, but you I mean, think they, they did something, they were trying to do something different. I, I can't fault them for that. I feel like a lot of the monsters we had this season were like variations on sort of classic... Uh, a you know, headless horseman, a mummy. Witches. Witches. Or whatever the things, the hags in the forest were. Yeah. Um, this is, again, a tough call, but I'm going to go with... it's hard to even say with certainty if this was a monster, but the gremlin in the camera, in the tale of the curious camera, is for me the worst monster of season three. Yeah, once you narrow the definition and say it can't just be a human entity, it can't be a ghost, he is the next thing on the chopping block of is it a monster or is it not? He never has a physical form. I said when we talked about it, he's basically just a curse, right? Like, yeah, there was no real need to make it a monster inside the camera. And proof of that is that right after we watched the Tale of the Curious Camera, we watched the exact same story, but without the Gremlin. Yeah. Because when you watch Say Cheese and Die by Goosebumps, or from Goosebumps, Ron Oliver, another Ron Oliver joint, mm-hmm. uh, it's the exact same plot, and there's no monster in it, because you don't need a monster. And I, we were talking about this before, the thing that frustrated me the most with that episode when I was a kid, like, I kept expecting the Gremlin to, like, pop out of the camera, and they'd have to fight the Gremlin. And I kept waiting for that moment, and waiting for that moment, and it never came. If they had fought Stripe from Gremlins, that would have made it worth it, right? If they'd broken the camera. Oh, hell yeah! If he had, like, burst out of the camera, that would have been awesome. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I'm gonna agree with you on that one. Uh, The Gremlin from the Tale of the Curious Camera... Not a good monster. Special mention, though, to the Watcher from Watcher's Woods. Who was afraid of a lighter, if I remember correctly. Such a lame fucking uh, antagonist. Like, barely plays a role in the story in which he is the titular character. Is afraid of a lighter. Does... There's almost nothing to intimidate or threaten our characters. Like, the witch, the hags in that story are the main antagonists. The Watcher is just sort of this tacked on supernatural element. And that's another episode where if you had removed him from it and just said, the woods are cursed, and these women got stuck in them. Yeah. It would have totally worked. You did not need the Watcher in Watcher's Woods. No. Completely agree. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely say shout out to the Watcher for being a shitty villain. Way to go, Watcher. Is he watching this? Um, so that brings... That's no, he is not. Thank God. Um, all right, so that, that takes us through the monster categories. Now we move on to the episodes. Yeah. You want to start with best or worst episode? We did best last time. You want to start with the worst episode? Let's start with the worst one. That's always more fun. All right, uh, my worst episode, and we talked about this before, I, I was not a fan of the phone police, but you kind of convinced me otherwise, so talk about what your worst episode was. It is a very tough call, because there weren't a lot of bad episodes this season. The worst episodes of season three were all just kind of mediocre. Yeah. Like, they weren't... There was nothing like egregious this this season like, like Hungry Hounds or, uh, like... Locker like, 22. Or Locker 22 or the fucking Whispering Wall. Oh, God. Cheyenne, do you have any comments about how bad the tale of the Whispering Walls was? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. My wife was on one episode of our show. It was one of the worst episodes we'd watched. Oh, God. And this is the closest we can get to her coming back. I don't I think the, uh, the worst episode where the little girl and her mom move and there's a ghost. That's 2.14. That was, yeah. That was scary but incredibly dull. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll touch on that in just a moment. I, I want to make a point here of I'm going to do a retcon really quick. Last, last Fridays I said that... Uh, Tale of the Dream Machine was the worst episode of season 2. I am changing my vote. It was Whispering Walls. Uh, Tale of the Dream Machine was at least at least gave us some stuff to make fun of. Whispering Walls had a whole lot of nothing. Whispering Walls, if I was to give it one bit of praise, the one thing it has going for it is something that you occasionally get in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark where like the plot doesn't really work and and the things that are happening aren't great, but it was batshit insane. It was kind of bonkers. It has a few good scares, like the, the snake, the baby that turns into a snake, and the, the face coming out of the walls, but, like, it's a hard episode to get through. I wasn't even on that episode, but when I tried to watch it, it was just, I had to do it in, like, three sittings, because it was just so slow. And that was, audio-wise, our worst recording, so... Yeah. Well, that wasn't the episode's fault, but... <laughs> so fuck you, whispering walls. Getting back to Season 3, though, um, I'm going to have to pick the aforementioned Tale of Apartment 214. Again, not the worst episode in the series by any stretch, but a slow-moving episode. The antagonist was an old lady, yep. which it's hard to get... It's kind of hard for me to be scared of an old lady, even though there were a few good like, shock visuals of her, like being like lit by lightning and a few other good effects. Yeah. Overall, it was just a kind of a slow-plotting episode. I didn't like the way it resolved, where they just are trapped in the apartment together for eternity, I guess. Uh, yeah, it just it didn't do anything for me. It didn't have anything to really hook me. I was scared of an old lady when I was a kid. Was oh, this like a Home Alone type thing where... The pigeon lady? Yeah, there was like lore surrounding this one old lady down the street. No, I was just... I, I had to go to an old folks home one time. And uh, there was an old lady there, and she just scared the shit out of me. I can still remember what she looked like. Did she resemble the uh, Dolores or whatever her name was? And she was way scarier. I don't know. If, I don't think she had eyes. What? Yeah, oh, she did. Yeah, pretty sure she had no eyes. Uh, yeah. So I will actually agree with you on this one. Uh, we're talking about worst episode here. Two fourteen. Not a bad episode. Still probably the worst episode. Maybe you could. You know. There are people out there who have made an argument for Tale of the Quicksilver, but I'm gonna say that Quicksilver had a lot of, like, fun things going for it. I like the monster in the Quicksilver. At least it had... like I like the weird zombie thing in Quicksilver because you know so little about it. I liked the brothers in Quicksilver. Uh, uh, Frank's little brother was good. And the other kid, like, they were both good. Uh, Tatiana Ali, in both of her roles, excellent. Uh, So, you know, even though certain people who I respect very much could make an argument for Quicksilver, I will agree with you personally that I think 2.14, probably the worst episode of Season 30. I'm surprised you're not picking the phone police, because you've done nothing but shit on that episode since we started recording. I did write the phone police as my worst episode, but, uh... What did you hate about the phone police? Uh, All right, I challenge you to think of one negative thing about the phone police. Phone police does a good job of, like, Having fun characters, right? The boys are are making prank phone calls. They're two best friends. It's fun. Uh, A couple of buttheads. A couple of buttheads. They get arrested. They have to break out of jail. But, like, that's not Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like, and the paranormal element of it is so vague. Like, are they ghosts? Are they a secret government agency? Like, what's the story with all of that? How many of our tax dollars are going to this anti-prank phone call? Yeah. Uh... Army. To drain the Swamp, okay? No more phone police. Uh, no, I just thought that the phone police were kind of, like, not scary, not supernatural. It just felt like the episode didn't belong on the show. I, I Again, I applaud them for trying something different yeah. than, like, a thriller-type episode, like a sci-fi episode. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, that being said, they've done it. I'm not going to be upset if they don't ever try that again. No more phone police. I liked, I liked it for what it was, but... All right, worst episode out of the way. An actually hard thing to discuss in certain situations. In certain ways, what's the best episode of season three? I thought a lot about this one. I, for me, there's a clear winner. Like this had a lot of strong. This this season had a lot of strong episodes. I thought, yep. uh, you know, the Crimson Clown was a really a really solid episode. Yep. Uh, Tale of the Dangerous Soup was a solid episode with a, yeah. a, a really great Dr. Bean performance. Mm-hmm. Tale of the the aforementioned Tale of Watcher's Woods had a lot of crazy shit in it. Yep. Uh, the Dollmaker. I always say The Dollmaker. Dollmaker was a good episode. I don't feel like I gave it its due when we reviewed it, but I, I really like how that one had sort of like... It was a lonely, very isolated episode. There was a melancholy to it. I, I enjoyed it more in hindsight. Um... But no, for me, the, the clear winner for this this season in terms of the best episode, quality-wise, is the Tale of the Dream Girl. Absolutely. You know, you just listed so many good episodes, and we had a discussion about how Season 3 overall is a better season than, than Season 1 or Season 2. It has fewer lows, and when when it goes low, they're not as bad. No, this was a much more consistent episode. or a much. This was a much more consistent season, I should say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, season 3, every episode was as good as a mediocre episode from Season 2, and it had some great episodes. Like you said, the, the Crimson Clown is without question a great episode. I would say Tale of the Dollmaker is going to live on, in my opinion, as one of the best episodes of the show. Um, but Tale of the Dream Girl is so far beyond anything else that happens in season one, two, or three. It's so separate. It's so far beyond anything that Nickelodeon was doing at the time. Like, there's a maturity to it that I don't think you'd find anywhere else on Nickelodeon in 1994. I genuinely believe that even now, what, 25 years later? Yeah. 25 years later, you could... I mean, almost. Yeah. You could put basically any person of any age in front of the Tale of the Dream Girl... And they would like it, right? Like, it's it's not dated. There's no, like, technolo- technology references that are out of date, really. There's no, like, cultural references that are out of date. The plot is not, like... They're kids, but they're probably, like, 17, 18 years old. So it's not too old, not too young. Little kids could watch it. Adults could watch it. It's basically an M. Night Shyamalan movie. It's... So far above everything else that the series has done that it's almost not a fair contest. And like I said, when we reviewed the episode itself, I enjoyed it a lot more on repeat viewings. Like, anytime we, we do an episode, I'll watch... I will watch the episode we were reviewing multiple times. Yeah. And this was maybe the only episode where I enjoyed it so much more the second time and the third time. Catching all of the little elements of foreshadowing and, uh, you know, like details that you may have missed the first time around. Uh, it's just really effective in that regard the only I mean, it's not scary I think that's the thing that might turn it off too. like we said no antagonists there that's the only thing that might uh, that might turn off younger viewers or like someone who's looking for that kind of are you afraid of the right episode uh, but it's so well done uh, I'm willing to forgive it so yeah still i I maintain what I said in our first review most impressive episode of the show so far tale of the dream girl I will be surprised when the day comes that they top that episode, in terms of sheer quality. You had your laundry running this whole time. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, so. We can edit it. I can, I can get rid of that post. Yeah, we'll fix that post. Uh, so, best episode, Tale of the Dream Girl. Uh, worst monster. We've done best monster, worst monster. Best episode, worst episode. Now we need to talk about our personal favorite episode. Hold on, we didn't do worst episode, did we? Yeah, we did. It was the Tale of Apartment 214. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, all right. we, and we talked We talked at length about that episode and the phone police. Oh, yeah. All right, so we've gotten all of our standard categories out of the way. I think they are all solid choices. No serious disagreements here. MVP, who is your favorite member of the Midnight Society? Who made the most contribution to the Campfire in Season 3? It's the first time we've had a full cast back uh, since... Ever. After Eric left, I guess technically we never got a full cast back because they never replaced Eric. No. They replaced David and they replaced Kristen. So this is the fullest cast we're going to get until the reboot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but what is, who Who did you think was... Yeah, Casey's shaming me for being, being too drunk for this. Uh, who did you think was the MVP of Season 3? I went back and forth on this one. I feel like I'm prefacing every category with that. For me, it was Sam. Sam came in like a wrecking ball this season. Yeah. Uh, She had two of the best stories this year. She told the tale of Watcher's Woods, which was crazy. She told the tale of uh, the dream girl that we just gushed about. Yeah. So, both solid stories. And she really added something different to the Midnight Society when we saw her before. We haven't had a character in... She added an element of sexual tension Yeah, that the Midnight Society was sorely lacking. Which is funny, because in one season, we got our first real sexual tension, because I would say that David and Kristen's relationship was purely, like, romantic. Yeah. And we also got, like, the little kid brother. So the, like, the, the dynamic as far as ages just, like, expanded vastly. We see two dudes fighting over a lady, and we see one dude being tormented by his kid brother. She Yeah, I want to talk about Tilker in just a minute. We'll What's the opposite of MVP? LVP, the least playable player. Oh, yeah. Least is the opposite of most. Huh. Yeah, but you're, you're too drunk for this. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think Sam is a fair choice. He's, you're too drunk for this shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are you afraid of Ludwig? Uh Yeah, Sam made a great contribution to the show. She told great stories. She brought attention that we haven't had before. Um, she was a lot of fun. So I think that's a fair choice. However, not my choice. Well, fuck you. Not my choice. Who's your choice? In terms of who really shook things up in a good way. Fuck you, Tucker, if you're out there. I know you are. But in terms of who to shook things up in a good way, I'm going to go the opposite of the Tucker route pick Betty Ann. A dark horse candidate. Why did you go with Betty Ann? Yeah, Betty Ann. She's been here since the beginning, but this is her time to really shine. I've always liked Betty Ann. Every time she does something funny or cool on the show, I try to point it out. When she gets excited about guts and stuff, I point it out. When she makes a funny comment, I point it out. I've enjoyed Betty Ann's character as much as I've enjoyed any of the other characters, more than I've enjoyed Tucker. Uh, But this is the season where she really sort of came out of her shell in a way that never gets explained. Betty Ann trolls the fuck out of Tucker, and she does it by using what can only be described as sorcery. I- i forgotten until you mentioned it, uh, the way she messes with him early in the season with the doll, and with the passage of the book that was written specifically about him. Let's- let's review- let's- let's take a brief moment for a history of people fucking with each other on Are You Afraid of the Dark. Um- Eric was trying to, like, throw popcorn in the air and catch it in his mouth in season one. Yes. And Frank dumped a bucket of water down his throat? Actually, Eli, time out for one second. Checking our levels. For some reason, this mic is just popping up. I don't know why. Who cares? All right. So, <laughs> uh, Eric tried to eat popcorn, and Sam or Frank tried to drown him. That was one good prank, right? Yeah. Uh, Eric stole Frank's flashlight and scared him. That was another good prank. hmm Yeah. Uh, Frank had a box that supposedly had something scary in it, but really it was empty. That That is a prank, I guess. Technically, that is a prank. But when Betty Ann pranks Tucker... You can't be doing this to me right now. When Betty Ann pranks Tucker, she does so by, like, producing a doll out of thin air that is wearing the exact same clothes as Tucker is. When Betty Ann pranks Tucker... He opens a book, and the page that he opens it to is describing what he's doing at that moment. When Betty Ann pranks Tucker, she's a witch. She's not throwing popcorn or dumping buckets of water. She is a goddamn witch. Uh, No, I think that's fair. Uh, I I had forgotten about that, since it is all earlier in the season. It's insane! But yeah, she... (laughs) 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 Yeah, you're right. She, She made her stories and her episodes count. So way to go, ladies of the Midnight Society. Uh, way to go, Betty Ann. Way to go, Sam. Kiki, once again, didn't really get a time to shine as much as, as the other characters. No, uh, she didn't really get much of a chance this year. Frank only had one story. And, yeah. And when he wasn't telling a story, he was a bit of a creep. We didn't... Did we even get Sardot this season? Yeah, we did. At the In uh, the tale of the yeah, the carstone Yeah, the carstone yeah. Yeah, so a lot of characters got a little bit more screen time. Some characters got a little bit less screen time. Uh, but the ladies really did a great job. You know who didn't do a good job in season three? Let's talk about Tucker. All of the dudes, but specifically Tucker. Oh my god. When Tucker first appeared on the show, I remember. We had such high hopes. Yeah. We talked about how he brought something different to the Midnight Society, and how he gave like all the characters, especially Frank, Like, this new sort of annoying, this irritating presence to, like, play off of. Yeah. And that shtick wore off fast. They did it in every episode. Yeah, like, it never evolved over the course of the, uh, the season. Like, it was always just a constant barrage of Tucker being sarcastic, Tucker belittling people, Tucker, like, forcing people to do his bidding. Yeah. Tucker, like, even when he wasn't front and center trying to get a lot of attention... He was being snide. And like, he was being such a turd. Like, every time someone starts a story, it's like, my story is about love. And he's like, love. Or it's like, my story is about a dollhouse. And he's like, a dollhouse? A book? A book. A book. Nothing scary, about a book. And it's like, Tucker, you said the phone was the scariest appliance in <laughs> the home. <thing behind. laughs> you said that the phone was the scariest thing in the house, you dumb shit. Oh, man. Yeah, he just wore his welcome so fast. Yeah, Tucker was garbage. Like, I, they must do something different with him in season four, because I can't put up with another 13 episodes of him just being shit. I feel like now that they've established that the little brother character is there, they don't have to work that hard to do that sort of thing, and hopefully they can start evolving him and developing in other different ways. And we know already that he takes—spoiler, spoiler spoiler alert— He takes over the Midnight Society eventually. So we know that Tucker sort of grows up and comes into his own. But, like... I am just imagining if Tucker didn't mature and he's trying to lead the Midnight Society. Tucker is an 18-year-old man. He's like, a book. All right, you're up this week. My story is about spiders. Spiders! (laughs) But the one good thing Tucker did is he gave Frank someone to fight with. Right? Yeah, he filled that void left by Eric in giving, like, Frank a foil. It's been a whole season since we had anyone to hate. And so I will at least thank our LVP for that. Thank you, Tucker, for being, like, any kind of turd in the Midnight Society. You're a bigger turd than I want, but you're at least turd enough. How many times have have you said that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make a shirt with just a picture of him and it says, Turd enough. Well, with that important uh, revelation <laughs> out of the way, is there anything else you want to say about Season 3 that we haven't touched on yet? I mean, we really talked about how good of a season it was. Uh, we talked about how it had more good episodes than any other season so far. I hope that's a trend that continues. Stick with us for Season 4, folks, to find out. Uh, but yeah, I loved Season 3. I liked it a lot, too. This was a much easier season to get through uh for reasons both personal and uh, because the episodes themselves were just, again, a lot more consistent. There were no, there's not. This was not a season with peaks and valleys. This was an episode with peaks and then just some, you know, flat land. Yep, plains. peaks pe- and plains. That peaked again very quickly. Yeah. So yeah, we can only hope that season four will be as good as this one was. Yeah. Uh, so way to go, DJ McHale. Way to go, Ron Oliver, David Preston, David Winning. Uh, Chloe, Chloe Brown, Brown. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Chloe Brown. Uh, a good season overall, and I'm I'm very enthusiastic going into uh, season four of the show. <laughs> so yeah, for all of you people watching at home, <laughs> bust out your bootleg collection you and of "The Dark" on DVD and okay. watch season three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going <laughs> to hold her way up to the camera so they can see it, and then join us for season four of the show. Uh, which starts with a two-parter. We'll actually get to see a, a two-part episode uh, starting in season four. But we're not going to focus on that just yet. No, no. We have earned. we have earned a winter break. That's right. Uh, since it was such a big hit last, last season, uh, we are returning to the well that never runs dry. Probably the show that we reference on our show at, almost as much as Are You Afraid of the Dark. Because you demanded it. And by you, we do mean Bryce Lee Wynn. Because (laughs) Bryce demanded it. Next week, we will be reviewing the (laughs) the tale of the missing Rugrats. The case of the missing Rugrat. Uh, Back in season one of our show, we watched The Tale of the Twisted Claw, wherein there was a character named Bostwick? (laughs) Bostick. Bostick. Yeah, Bostick. And we thought that that must be a reference to the case of the missing Rugrat, where Tommy goes missing gets adopted by two old ladies, and they rename him Bossed Wick. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Save it for the episode, <laughs> So, next week, we're going to be watching uh, It Came From Outer Space, which is where... it was the A side to uh, that episode. Yeah, to the B side that is the, the the case of The Missing Regret. We're going to review both 11-minute episodes. Yeah. And then, the week after that, we don't know what we're going to be reviewing. Season 3 has seen a lot of audience participation, particularly on the tail end. Yeah, we're going to take that to the next level. Uh, starting tomorrow, we'll have a poll live on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash this. Go there. Where we want you to vote on what else we should cover during our 2017 winter break. We're going to have a two-episode break. Episode 1 is definitely going to be those two-episode Rugrats. What could episode 2 be? Well, depending on what they pick... We could be reviewing All Real Monsters. A good choice, given that we are a scary show. We could be reviewing an episode of Eerie Indiana. An equally appropriate show, horror, nostalgia, anthology podcast, or episodes. We could end up reviewing the Zeke the Plumber episode of Salute Your Shorts. The scariest and probably only scary episode of Salute Your Shorts. And if we can think of anything else between now and when the poll goes live tomorrow, we'll post that, too. <laughs> yeah, you can always do, like, a write-in vote, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so definitely check out our poll. We'll have that until we record our next... Uh, I guess we'll have that for... A, we'll yeah. have it up for about a week. Yeah, we'll have that poll up for about a week. And then we will uh, figure out what we're going to watch. Uh, and that will conclude our winter break. And, and then on to Season 4. And then we will be back in February with the tale of... Is it Cutter's Treasure? Cut- yeah. Yeah, Cutter's Treasure... Cut the Tale of Curly's Gold. Tale of Curly's Gold. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we want to thank everyone who joined us on Facebook for uh, our season three review. Thanks for watching the Fraties. Yeah. And uh, do we thank you for everyone who commented? Yeah, Zeke the Plumber. All <laughs> right, we have one over for Zeke the Plumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you for everyone uh, for joining us. We will be back next week with the case of the missing Rugrat and the and it came from outer space. And uh, we until then, if you if you want to vote on our poll, go to facebook.com/ you scared of this, which you said. Yes, you can hit us up on Twitter at you scared of this And for all of our back catalog, you can go to soundcloud.com/ you scared of this. as yes. always, be sure to leave us a rating and/or review on iTunes. Please please help yeah. us grow the show. Yeah, we appreciate the like four reviews that we've gotten. So you, you know who you are Four reviews. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Beautiful people. So everyone else that I'm seeing on our little Facebook, check out our poll because that's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be on Facebook. Fire the live stream again. So uh, all of you people that I'm seeing on here, rush over to iTunes, give us a, a rating and a, a review, and subscribe, and we'll see you all next week. All right. Farewell. Bye. Stop the stream. How do I stop the stream? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh... And there you have it, the Fradies for season three. Uh, before we go, one quick thing we wanted to mention that we forgot to plug during the recording of the episode. A uh, friend of the show, Cheyenne, Eli's wife, has her own new retro TV podcast that we want to make special mention of. It is called The Digital Bean, and it is a weekly look back at Disney's classic coming-of-age uh, TV show for tweens, Lizzie McGuire. Every week on The Digital Bean, Cheyenne and her two best friends will be talking about a different episode of Lizzie McGuire, and I have to say, I've listened to the first two episodes, and as someone who has never watched Lizzie McGuire, I still found it really enjoyable. You should definitely check it out, and you can find The Digital Bean at soundcloud.com slash podcast, and you can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. So check them out, and be sure to come back next week for the beginning of our winter break. We'll see you then.